0: The 14-day scanning free and calibration-free Cybionics GS1 CGM aims to deliver reliable, seamless diabetes management experiences. For more, check out CybionicsCGM.com. This is the Insulon Podcast where I own Costello try to redefine diabetes. In this week's episode... For me, it's always like just make a decision of what you want before the night. For me, the simple decision of, look, if I stick to it, like tequila shots, or I stick to tequila soda water, like I know that's not going to have an impact on my blood sugar. But before we get into that, everything you hear on the Insulon Podcast is from my own personal experience. And if you have any worries or issues regarding your diabetes, please contact a medical professional. Now, let's get stuck into this episode. Good afternoon. Welcome back to the Insulone Podcast. And I'm happy to announce, which I'm sure you already know, it is the first Insulone Podcast episode of 2023. Happy New Year, everybody. Graham, Happy New Year. I know you had COVID. How are you feeling?
1: I'm feeling good. This is my second New Year in with COVID. To the day. The exact day, 365 days ago, I had COVID. So I think it was the Wednesday between Christmas and New Year's, I got COVID again. And uh, yeah, I spent the countdown to 2023 sitting on the couch. Well, actually, I was in bed by 12 o'clock, to be fair, uh, for the second year in a row. So here we go. I still have another few days in isolation, but uh, it's all good. Getting rested up. Don't. I haven't got it too bad, thankfully. So uh, I'm happy out. How does it compare this time to last year? The exact same. Yeah. Like, it's insane. So last year, just a bit of a cough for the first day or two. And then it just subsided. And then I've just been... Long-term listeners to the Insulone Podcast will know I secretly enjoy being in isolation. I enjoy the fact that you can take a step back and there's no pressure to go around and meet everybody. And, you know, you don't have to do this and do that. You actually, you have to stay in <laughs> Well, I'm luckier this year, actually, because I'm in an apartment now, so I have to stay in the apartment, whereas last year I was doing a house share, so I was staying in my room. Um, And you'll be happy to know that, as is the yearly tradition, I spent my time in isolation doing the bite-size episodes. So every time you hear a bite-size episode coming out on a Monday, you'll know... That for two years in a row, Graham did them while in isolation. So when you hear them, you know, Graham was sick with COVID when he was slaving away doing them. So you'll be happy to know. We're all good for another year now on all uploaded, all scheduled to come out every Monday until February 2024.
0: Yeah, Graham, we jumped on this call about close to an hour now we've been talking. Um, But (laughs) Graham had announced that he has done all the Bite Size episodes up to 2024. So next time we're listening to a Bite Size episode, appreciate it that bit more because graham was slaving away trying to put it together for you so make make the most of those small episodes
1: it actually keeps me sane i really enjoy having something to concentrate on and do and i remember i said it a few weeks ago i was like i probably need to get covid now to get the next batch of bite-sized episodes done and here we are so maybe next year i'll get them up to 2025
0: if it means the podcast churns out more episodes graham i hope you're sick more often
1: One of my good mates, Sean, messaged me today and goes, how are you feeling? How are you getting on in isolation? I said, feeling relaxed and getting a good bit of insulin podcast work done. He goes, you probably need to get that every couple of months just to kind of take a step back. I go, I think I do. (laughs) How is your New Year's going? You might sound a little bit different now. Owen, well, I was like, Owen, you're on your vacation. You're away for the holidays. You don't need to do an episode. It's all good. And you go, nope. I'm going to log in because you are on vacation now. You've got your headphones plugged into your laptop, and we're recording an episode for you. Where are you right now?
0: I'm in the Big Apple. I'm in New York City, and I was only saying to Graham, it's unusual not speaking into into a microphone because when you speak into a microphone, you hear your voice back. Mm. So it sounds strange that I'm just speaking into headphones. But like like Graham said, I don't feel comfortable taking. Much time off, so I said, "Why not log in? Let's make an episode right here while I'm hearing loads of silence." If you obviously can't hear from your side, whenever you're just looking for silence in New York, you rarely find it because there's always just sirens and people talking and people not screaming. But
1: I've Um, I've never been to New York, but I. No, never been to New York. I want to know what what is outside your window. I've have a few friends who spend some time in New York, and I'm always fascinated by New York. So, what's what are you looking at right now?
0: I'm looking at a bird. Okay, what? A single bird, overly exciting. Uh, basically, just the sky and buildings. You don't okay. really see you don't see much else from the window. Red bricks, kind of like Ireland, and in the distance some modern looking buildings too. So it's a uh, as I say, concrete jungle. I'm reminiscing on the time that I used to spend that I used to spend here back in 2017. Um, but I think maybe a insolent podcast trip to New York at some stage, Graham, would be in Let's order. Do
1: Let's do it. Let's do it. Talk to me. Uh, you, you said you've got a couple of stories for this episode. A couple of stories where you've gone high, which I'm really interested by. So yeah, go on, take it away on what happened over the last couple of days. Yeah, so a couple of stories
0: where I've gone high. And for anybody that listens to this podcast, or anybody that even knows me, um, knows that I hate high high blood sugars more than probably anything in the world. Now, I know that's a, a strange statement to make, given the fact that I constantly go on about how, you know, you shouldn't react emotionally to your blood sugars and don't let them affect your mood and your energy, yada, yada, yada which is absolutely true, but even with that, I strongly dislike high blood sugars. Let's put it that way.
1: You hate going high more than you hate going low, don't you? uh,
0: Yeah, 100%, absolutely. But it's funny because I'd say the vast majority of people that live with diabetes, well, the vast majority of people that I've spoken to much prefer being high than low because, look, the reality of it is the immediate impact of a low blood sugar can Potentially be a lot more severe than the immediate impact of a high blood sugar. But I just, I hate how I feel when my blood sugar is high.
1: You often say you can't describe, well, it's very hard to describe what it is being uh, in a hypo where you can almost feel like you're drowning. Can you describe what it's like going into a hyper?
0: Yeah, so it can depend. For me, it can kind of depend on obviously how high I am. So if I'm kind of ju- just drifting upwards it's completely different to if I have been up, you know, 15, 16, 17 millimoles. But the the way I try to describe it is like, as if my blood is hotter than like, or warmer than it already is. And it's like, I'm really irritable and I can't sit still. And I feel as if I have to it's it's weird. It's like it's like my it's like my body is becoming tighter and my blood is becoming hotter, and it's like this strange sort of sticky feeling around my body. And it's, oh, it's it's really hard to describe, but it's a really uncomfortable feeling. And I would even love to hear anybody who's listening how they would describe their high blood sugars, because I think, like we've even gone through on this podcast, we all have unique emotions and feelings and even sensations when it comes to our diabetes and highs and low blood sugars but for me it's like that kind of sticky restless irritable hot blood sense- <laughs> sensation which is which is unusual but uh, yeah really uncomfortable so i i don't like it and then obviously for me and I've spoken about this before on the podcast as well it's like it's also not just the immediate sensation of how it feels right now in this moment but it's also with with like consistently high blood sugars sometimes in your own head you can go well it's affecting me more because of what i associate with these high blood sugars and it's like well because I'm high, you know, uh, am I going to have complications? You know, because I'm high, I can't manage my diabetes because I'm high. Um, you know, I'm not going to be able to manage this in 10 years time, you know, and it's all these sort of feelings and thoughts that can go on in your head. So it's like the immediate feeling and emotion and sensation in combination with sometimes if you are, I suppose it's, rational and irrationally thinking of what you're associating with this high blood sugar. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, I went off on a bit of a tangent, but so basically the stories are so over the, over the holiday period, the first one was there's a local bar that me and my, my family go to around Christmas time, primarily really low key quiet. There's no TVs, just really nice kind of traditional Irish sort of style bar. But one of the days I was just drinking Diet Coke, right? And I was like, look, usually I'll have a whiskey or a Guinness around Christmas time, but I'm just going to have a Diet Coke today, right? <laughs> Making the, the mature decision, uh, blood sugar wise. So I specifically asked for a Diet Coke because I know that it wouldn't spike my blood sugar. And I know that obviously a regular Coke would spike my blood sugar. So I said, please, can it be a Diet Coke? It has to be a Diet Coke, right? <laughs> but it came and I'm not very good at telling the difference between a regular Coke and a really? Diet Coke. Really? Not Because
1: I don't drink it that much. Oh, fair enough, actually. Yeah. And it's funny, like yeah, your yeah, the, reaction
0: isn't overly surprising because I put that up on Instagram and I was like, who has ever ordered a regular Coke and got a Diet Coke or whatever? And and loads of people commented and, and messaged me saying, I can tell the difference like that. It's yeah. The difference between us for me is like drinking Coke compared to drinking water. You know, mm. but because I don't drink Diet Coke or regular Coke that much, I, co- I can't really t- tell the difference just yet. You know, so basically the the quote unquote Diet Coke arrived and got stuck into it, start, started drinking it or whatever. And then... Maybe like fifteen minutes later, I was like, "Hmm, why do I feel sticky?" oh <laughs>
1: <Why, why, laughs> Here we go. <laughs> why, yeah, why,
0: why do I? Why do I feel as if my blood is boiling or getting hotter right now? Why do I feel irritable? And why do I feel as if I want to just punch somebody in the bar because, because, because I'm feeling so frustrated? um Which are all, are all telltale signs that my blood sugar is misbehaving. So I check my blood sugar and I was like, "Boom, double arrows straight up," I was like. Oh, it's definitely not a diet coke so usually i would have my finger prick monitor and what you can do with finger prick monitors is actually put the like finger stick part into a drink and that will actually check the blood or the the sugar content of it much like you're checking your blood sugar Um, but i didn't have it with me i only had my sensor on so i couldn't check but obviously Given the fact that I was so irritable my blood sugars and my sensor had had spiked double arrows I was like it's definitely definitely a regular coke um so it instantly pissed me off and I didn't order another one to say the least and i I went basically and tried to walk it off because I think I had we had had dinner relatively recently or like like maybe half an hour or so earlier or an hour maybe um so i didn't want to take more insulin so i was like all right i've spiked up i don't want to react too quickly insulin wise because i might end up crashing down the other end so i said look i'm just going to try and walk it off so basically i just walked home to try and bring them back down but the walk isn't that long so it didn't have much of an impact so i i got home I was grumpy and I was pissed. I was pissed off, and uh, just watched TV, and my bloods went up to like fifteen or something.
1: Ooh, all for a glass of coke. Yeah, not mad. And
0: and then, like, I know I'm kind of contradicting what I say myself in this podcast of like, don't let it affect you emotionally. But I was kind of just, I was just kind of in that headspace at the time. But I was sitting there and I was thinking about it, and I was like, obviously the fact that my bloods had spiked up to whatever number pissed me off and frustrated me and had an impact on the evening. And then I was thinking about it, obviously in my diabetic (laughs) conceptual mind. And I was like, it just goes to show you the impact that something so small can have on your day if you live with type 1 diabetes. You know, it's like something as simple as an easy mistake to make between a regular Coke and a Diet Coke can potentially have such a frustrating impact on, you know, your mood, your energy, even what you're doing that night, you know? And it's like, I speak about precision a lot within within our program around like precision around what you're eating, what you're drinking, like the impact of these things and how you can understand what's in your food, what's in your drink, how insulin impacts you, how much insulin you need. When you have that precision, you get time back. You don't have to deal with as as many annoying highs and lows as you may have to otherwise. So like I was, I was just sitting there feeling sorry for myself. When my bloods at fifteen, I was like that it just goes to show you something so small can just switch things around for you, but that being said, I allowed it to annoy me more than it should have, and that's the the main thing that you need to realize is even when these things happen because they will happen inevitably, a high or a low isn't gonna ruin your life you know you're like I'm gonna have more highs I'm gonna have more lows anyway <laughs> so it's my responsibility not to allow it, annoy me as much as it did that
1: night. Could you tell the difference between diet coke and regular coke before you were diabetic? <laughs> before? <laughs> yeah, that was that's that's my take from this story. <laughs> yeah, me, me rambling on for about ten minutes. And that, that's
0: all you have to say. Could I tell yeah. the difference? Uh, I don't. No, I don't. think and it so just has so. been so long because oh. I don't. I don't drink it, it's fair enough. He, but even before, like even before being diagnosed, I didn't really drink that much Coke or Diet Coke anyway. So I didn't have a very acute taste to it, yeah. but now I will. <laughs> or now I'll just want to see the bottle or the little jar or glass bottle, just to uh, be sure.
1: Speaking of drinking, and uh, we haven't really talked about the wedding we were at a few weeks ago together. Mm-hmm. And there was one point in the wedding where... I was, I think I was in the dance floor and I saw there's a bit of a congregation outside. I think it was you and Nathan, who I work with, and uh, maybe Kieran and Shane. And I went outside and all I could hear is, Who wants tequila? Who wants tequila? I was like, Oh, I'm going to turn around and go back in. I'm going absolutely nowhere. And anyway, you got me. Because I, I second heard tequila. I go, That's Owen. Anyway, because <laughs> Owen loves tequila. Yeah. And then, Owen, oh, hey, hey. I've got a tequila And I, I hate shots I hate shots And my response to Owen was Owen You know You know how bad my stomach is You understand Don't be making me drink a tequila And you're like As in oh, I'll let you go with this <laughs> yeah. I'll let, I let him off And then the next day Nathan who I work with goes God, Owen just kept him buying me tequila I, I, I didn't want to say no to him And I was like yeah, I've got the excuse of my bad stomach You don't <laughs> That's it Unless you have a legitimate excuse
0: I'm going to force you to do a tequila shot. I, I would have
1: got sick all over, that, all over that outdoor seating area, 100%. How did you find the the um, the wedding, by the way, in terms of eating and drinking? That would have been the first wedding that we were at together. Unfortunately, we weren't at the same table. You were at the same table as my girlfriend. You were looking after, Claire. Mm. But how did you find it? Grand. Like,
0: yeah. for me, it's always like, just make a decision of what you want before the night. Mm for me the simple decision of look if i stick to it like tequila shots or i stick to tequila soda water like i know that's not going to have an impact on my blood sugar it's not going to be causing me big spikes as opposed to if i'm drinking vodka red bull (laughs) you know that kind of thing so with that i had just tequila tequila sodas for drink and i think i had a really really nice steak so didn't need any oh, insulin for that. Did you have that steak as well? Beautiful, oh, unbelievable. Um, I think I ended up eating like half half of everybody else's steak at the <laughs> table because because they weren't <laughs> finishing the rest.
1: Oh, it was so nice. Yeah. At one point, though, you say you were getting tequila soda water. I was. I think I picked up your drink at the bar by accident at one stage. I nearly got sick because I was drink. I was drinking vodka vodka lemonade, vodka sprite, like fizzy fizzy uh, lemonade. And I picked up this thing and I nearly vomited. Like, what is this monstrosity <laughs> of a drink? And then I smelled, I was like, that's definitely soda water and the tequila in there. So I didn't know who it was. And I, now I realize I think it was Alan's yours. Owen's nearby. So <laughs> sorry about that if you were missing yeah. a drink at about one o'clock in the morning. Do
0: you know what I did as well? With the steak, obviously, I didn't need insulin, but there was a few chips. And I think it was like mixed veg or whatever. But because I knew that we had already kind of been moving so much. And I knew that like after dinner, people are gonna be moving around, we're gonna be talking to people, maybe doing a bit of dancing, (laughs) depending on how the night goes. I had a few chips and didn't even take insulin, I was perfectly fine. So it's like having the combination of the alcohol, that doesn't spike my blood sugar, the movement, and then any insulin that I had taken up to that point, I knew that with the minimal amount of chips that I was eating, I didn't really need to take insulin. And I basically stayed flatlined the whole time, you know, Um, which is, which is nice. And not that you should go to a wedding being like, I have to keep my blood sugar stable. But I always come at those sort of events from the standpoint of, well, I'm going to this event. And the last thing in the world that I want to have to be worrying about is taking corrections or treating loads of low blood sugars. So it's like, what can I do in advance of those things to avoid them happening as frequently so I can spend more time actually enjoying the night rather than thinking, oh, am I going too high or am I going too mm.
1: low? Unreal. You said you had two stories about going high. Do you want to finish off with that one?
0: Yeah. So so the next one is, in short, I was preparing for an exam. So I was extremely stressed as a result of this, leading up to it. And like you probably already know, Graham, <laughs> and, and like the, we we spoke about prior to press record, I'm kind of just consistently stressed anyway, not necessarily in a bad way, but because I kind of differentiate between different types of stress, because I am almost consistently stressed on a daily basis, I have built my routine to accommodate for that stress in terms of like my insulin ratios are kind of built with that in mind you know i don't have massive stress spikes or anything it's just kind of like oh i'm just consistently stressed <laughs> which mm-hmm. is fine um but with this i would consider it as like immediate stress or like a, a massive adrenaline spike type of stress which in turn will have a completely completely different impact On blood sugar so the one moment that kind of stands out to me the most obviously I was feeling more stressed over the last whatever let's call it a couple weeks with the lead up to it so I was more stressed as a result just naturally and there was one moment that when I look back on it's so insignificant but because I was kind of in that headspace of being quite stressed anyway basically i needed to print off all these like files and notes and these kind of things and the printer wasn't working but i had to get them done and, and it's fun it's funny looking back and thinking of like lo- losing the plot because my printer didn't work but when the printer didn't work and i couldn't get the files and the notes that i needed at that time it was kind of just like adding fuel to the to the fire mm. of my already existing stress and my blood spiked up to like eighteen and a half It's like boom, straight up,
1: and just to give people an idea you what would be the highest you would go to on like a daily weekly level like what like what would be your kind of what would be your range that you would that you would go between?
0: I will always keep my blood sugars below nine and ten,
1: okay, so you've doubled, yeah basically um, wow
0: even with 9 and 10 like because I'm just consistently in a routine in terms of like work and training and what I do essentially my bloods are a lot more predictable as a result and I've like I've kind of built my management into the routine that I have so it's quite predictable you know now that being said of course I do have highs and I do have lows from time to time everybody does but I will consistently keep them in range like For from, from my Dexcom, I don't even have the high alarms on during the day because I just know I don't really go high because I, it's just like second nature to me at this stage. So for me to spike up to 18 and a half Ooh. was almost over double what I would usually be at.
1: So that's due to, you had your, first your consistent stress. Mm. That's, your, that's your base level. Then you were stressed anyway because of the exam. And then the printer went... So then <laughs> yeah. that was, I'd say your blood is on fire and you're feeling very touchy as a result. Insane. And
0: the thing about it is, and the point that I want to get across, even just telling this story, is the fact that you will always be stressed in your life with various different things. Even living with diabetes is stressful. But diabetes has a very unique way of getting in the way more during times that you want to forget about it the most. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because when I'm stressed, or or anybody listening to this podcast is stressed about anything in their life completely unrelated to diabetes, your diabetes doesn't really care that you're stressed. And because you are naturally stressed, a natural response in your body is cortisol release, adrenaline release, which essentially is going to increase glucose in your system naturally, causing massive spikes or more consistently high blood sugars. In turn, making you more stressed Mm. in that stressful period. So it's like, when I'm trying to deal with whatever's going on, or again, anybody listening to the podcast is trying to deal with whatever's going on in their life, the last thing in the world you want to deal with is blood sugar spiking up to 18 and a half. Because it's just adding another layer of complication and frustration to what already is a quite stressful time but I always find these things fascinating because I'm so involved with diabetes and I'm always looking at like why is that happening or why isn't this happening or what happens when I do this or whatever it might be so even in the moment of me being and beyond stressed and then seeing my blood sugar spike up to 18 and a half I, there was still part of me that was like that's Unbelievable that that happens, and you can see it essentially happening live because I had a sensor and I could look at my phone. But it's like for somebody to not live with type one diabetes, their body is doing the exact same thing. It's just that it doesn't naturally keep their blood sugar in Mm -hmm. range.
1: And once the exam was over and done with, how quickly or did your bloods come back to its normal range? Immediate. Wow.
0: The lead up to it, it was like my heart was like. And I would always consider myself somebody who can kind of like deal with things quite well. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but this was like causing more stress than I'm used to, which is understandable, right? Which I was kind of expecting as well. So my heart was just like with the whole lead up to it, specifically on the day. But then, when it was done, it was like, hmm.
1: all the adrenaline, cortisol, just left your body,
0: gone. It was like Whew. cortisol, adrenaline exorcism, or something. <laughs> 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 but I suppose again, like the reason why I'm telling this story is obviously it's relevant to my life with diabetes. But to highlight the fact that you managing your diabetes is never as simple as count your carbs, calculate your insulin. And sometimes we can be led to believe that it's just count your carbs, take your insulin. It is an extremely complex and intricate thing to live with on a consistent basis, as anybody knows who lives with it, And as anybody who knows that even listens to this podcast, because we talk about it so much. So how you manage stress or how you feel or even how you are emotionally can directly or indirectly have an impact on your blood sugar. So what I always like to say is, and I kind of harp on about this and we go through it a lot in the program again, it's like during times that are stressful or during times that you want time away from your diabetes or during time that you have no time for anything else apart from your exam or apart from your study or work or whatever it is. During those times, the small, consistent, beneficial habits and actions that you can do or that you can stick to will serve you better because they benefit you more when you need them compared to times that you have time to do them. So the point I'm trying to make is given times where you are busy or you are stressed or you are overwhelmed, say to yourself, what are one to three things I can still do despite how busy and overwhelmed and stressed I am that will benefit me and my blood sugar and my energy.
1: Perfect. A great way to end it on. And thank you very much. And you know, it's sometimes it is nice to hear some stories where it isn't perfect for you either own because i know you come on and you talk about how um how best to manage your diabetes but sometimes it just isn't possible and i think that can kind of be nice for people to hear as well where someone who even has such good management as you can also struggle as diabetes as we all know
0: <laughs> is Absolutely. a daily
1: struggle 100
0: do not ever be under the impression that there are people out there living with type 1 diabetes that don't have highs or don't have lows every single person does I am a perfect example of that, all right? You want to be 80, 90% on the ball when you can. 10, 20%, shit happens. Excuse my language. On that note, Happy New Year, everybody. I look forward to speaking to you through 2020. I look forward to speaking to you all... I look forward to speaking to you all through 2023... Graham, have a good day. I'll chat to you soon.
1: I'm can't gonna even... keep some of those. I'm keeping some of those in.
0: I actually can't even speak.
1: <laughs> Bye All right, on.
0: Right, good luck. Chat to you next week. <laughs>